Hey everyone, welcome to the GIST Podcast. If you're tired of being comfortable and want to take on living life from the context of 100% fuck yeah, join us each week as we share lessons we're experiencing in this crazy game called life. We invite you to play along and get your shit together. Take responsibility for how your life is currently going and at the same time, take on new, fun, and sometimes crazy shit. We promise to challenge your thinking by being vulnerable, authentic, and straight up with what we're dealing with, what doesn't work, and what can. Be warned, this is not your grandma's podcast. Uh, So, episode 33, welcome to everybody who's listening. Thank you for coming in and tuning in and and checking out what it is that we got to talk about, because... We'd like to think we've always got something valuable to talk about. That might be different out there in the world. Yeah. Uh, and and thank you. So episode 33, and we're talking about, and I feel like this is going to be the theme, uh, connection, right? Our, our relationships with people, how they show up, how we show up. We were talking a little bit before the, the episode started and, and it's gonna kind of we're gonna tack it on to after this about your uh about crystal's birthday right yeah my my lovely wife so in the space of love affinity and connection the shit that shows up <laughs> that we yeah. gotta get it to go a certain way man that that is probably the biggest thing the biggest barrier to to real affinity and love and well i think it's important to to note that that's also um on the inside yeah right to love to love thyself right it's it's um all those considerations and how it should be and what's going on and that gets in the way of creating a connection with yourself and i think if I'm starting to discover that if I, if you don't have a good connection with yourself, it's actually really hard to have a good connection with other people. Cause if there's certain areas that I'm not even willing to look at inside myself, how the hell am I going to invite you there? Absolutely. It's not possible. It, it really is impossible. And, and, uh, this brings up another interesting thing that's come up in my world that, uh, in order for me to be happy, there is something that has to happen first Mm. versus uh, I get to just be happy Mm -hmm. void of uh, conditions, right? Like it's, it's unconditional. Yeah. mm -hmm. And, uh, and that, that trickles everywhere and in every uh, facet of, of connection and, and affinity, we have a tendency to, to do it with conditions associated to it yeah like if i land this deal man i'm gonna be so happy that's right versus uh, the process that i'm going through in this journey is exciting the the vast potentiality of what is possible has me excited yeah knowing that this is one step of many and that it isn't the ultimate step and and I mean, this happened over and over. Uh, getting there has now what show up? 
you know, that's the thing about about reaching the, you know, the pinnacle. Like, yeah, getting there, making it. Yeah. Right? Like, what does that even mean, first of all? And second of all, what happens if you make it? Yeah, then what? Then what? Right? Like, there's no new level in the game that you go to, teleport to, and, and, and arrive. Right. It's like, still the same stuff. It is the proverbial mountain with no top. Yeah. It, it's a, yeah, a constant growth. There's, and there's other, there's different areas. Maybe right now you're, you know, you always want to balance or whatever, but maybe there's a certain target that you're focused on in a relationship or a business or whatever, but you can then kind of, you got to figure out a way to, to, if you get to a certain level where something really works the way you like it, you got to, you got to stay in the game and keep that evolving as you focus more energy on a different area or something, right? Because if you, if you go, yeah, great, that's good. And then you leave it over there, like your marriage, for example, if you get married to somebody, that's why there's so many divorces, I think is because people like, you know, find this great person, they fall in love, everything's perfect, they're the best. And then it's like, great, that's just how that's going to stay forever. Now let's, yeah. let's go to work and let's raise kids. <laughs> right? And then you turn around and go, wait, who the fuck is that guy laying in my bed? Yeah, totally. Right? He is not who he said he was yeah. 10 years ago. Yeah, so you got you, you got to keep your finger on the pulse of all, all these different areas, and and you know that can occur is like overwhelming. But what I like about uh, the code of the extraordinary mind, for example, with really what, great book, what Vision is sharing, and I'm I'm sure we're going to go there a bit today in the podcast. But what he's what he talks about is um, you actually get excited when there's a breakdown. You know what I mean? Like it's such a strange phenomenon. But if you really were to look back at your life and pay attention, I mean, you had an opportunity. You might not have created something great out of that breakdown, but the thing is, is if you're paying attention, there's an opportunity because you notice something that's not working. Absolutely. You go, oh, there's an opportunity for you to impact it somehow, right? So he talks about getting excited when there's a breakdown, which I think is a super, it's a powerful way to reframe the context of living, right? Bring my notebooks. Oh, snap. Look out, world. <laughs> well, one thing that I, uh, I understand about me as, uh, as a person, like the, my strengths and weaknesses, one of my weaknesses is, I don't know how to classify it or categorize it, but... Uh, I'll help you with that. Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> Just the, I, retain mem- I retain information uh, and I have a long-term memory. Okay. But uh, short term, in the short term, I can't I can't pick up things or recall things that had just happened very easily. Like they're there for me, but they're not uh, they're not implicit as I've discovered them. They're they're a bit rough around the edges, and and so it can be a challenge for me to express a new idea that just came around uh, in my mind. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And maybe this is a human. Thing. I have no idea, but it's a challenge in my world. Yeah, I, I, I think part of what that is, at least in my uh, interpretation, is that I'm often trying to describe to people through language my feelings. Right. And feelings are not words, <laughs> you know, and that, that can be challenging. Yeah, so I, I make a, a point to do lots of journaling and note-taking, and uh, there's... There's a oh, the levels of value that it brings me to to actually take and digest information. This is like my next exercise in in leveling up my journaling. 
you know, like making it Dude, you're some, something you're, intentional. You're a fucking beast, man. That actually Maya did. Oh, well, you guys are both very talented, but for, you know, what's amazing about this? And I, I don't know if uh, we're, probably we're, be able to see we're recording the episode here um, with video too, but I'm just holding up David's journal here and um, just like, I don't even, it's a kind of a, kind of a tribal vibe. You, yeah. It's like a mandala. Freehand. Like this looks, I thought this was on the book cover, <laughs> but Maya drew this freehand and, uh, wrote out spiritual badass yeah that's a uh, that's a thing that came out of Vision's work so far and uh, in awesome. the stuff that I'm listening to uh, this this appreciation for where I stay in the spirit the, the spirit the spiritual spectrum that was a bit of a tongue twister <laughs> uh, and and the journey that I've been going through for most of my life in uh, being okay with being spiritual and how it got collapsed at a young age that there was only one way to be spiritual and if right. it was just and, and if that way didn't align with you then I created that you can't be spiritual right uh, yeah. and, and it's unraveling for me on mass uh, over the course of the last few years and in particular this year the the depth of spirituality uh, and and the richness of spirituality and what's available and it's not the uh, the societal cultural um, globe sphere that I was playing in before it's yeah. it's so much bigger than that and and I can pull and and pick the things that I really enjoy and and, and that is how I show up spiritually, you know what I mean? So that's been uh, super fascinating. So uh, to bring this full circle, he talks about being a, how to be a spiritual badass. Right. And I love the juxtaposition of those two words. Spiritual badass. Spiritual yes. and badass. They, they have such a, uh, such a, a pervasive conflict and and yeah. it's so true for for like it's a human metaphor. You right. Know? You don't think you don't when you think spirituality, the, the word badass doesn't come to mind. No. And I want to ask you this because you um, you have a, a lot more experience with um, formal religion than I do. Is that good? Did that record? Sorry, got distracted by looking at the electronics when I should be focusing on the podcast. <laughs> um, you have a lot more experience with with formal religion than I do. And uh, I think a lot of times what happens is if you're not a religious person, therefore, like you said, well, you can't be spiritual because you don't have a, a formal religion that you practice. And I, I really like the way that Vishen wraps that up and says, well, why religion? Why not spirituality? In other words, I could study and take the best parts of Christianity and adopt those and study Hinduism or Buddhism or, or just yoga you know spirituality and connection and yep. learning all that stuff so speak to your interpretation of the difference or or why that collapse do you think exists what's the difference between formal religion because it's not it's just because you're religious doesn't even necessarily mean you're a spiritual person like I, yeah I there's such like, a spectrum there yeah and uh so i'm going to caveat this with with one thing sure uh i am not you would not, I would never have a conversation about religion 
with people because something happened where I blocked out most of it. I decided that that information was no longer relevant for me. And so it's, it's gone for all intents. Like I, I can't access it. I will not access. I don't want to access it. I don't know what it is. Right. Okay. So you're okay. So just so that I make sure I have context for this, you're saying that you you don't have conversations about religion. I don't have because I can't hold my weight. Right. In those conversations now, spirituality is is a different context for it. That uh, is uh, is an open book for me that I'm willing to explore. Uh, so, so the con now to oh. answer your question. Oh my gosh! Oh, I just have to point out, like, just the the language you chose to use there is like spirituality being an open book. And and by the way, I'm not. We're not here. I'm not bashing anything. I'm not cutting anybody down. If you have a uh, spiritual practice or a religion that you follow, that's your bag, baby. Have at her. However, you can't really deny the fact that if you're uh, through and through pure pure said religion mm -hmm. and your religion is not is wrong because it's not my religion yeah y you can't deny the fact that that's kind of a singular way of thinking there, there's versus, a breakdown there yeah that's a breakdown versus yeah. even if you at least appreciate yes somebody else's practice and their commitment to that religion or spiritual practice as opposed to yours right uh and you can appreciate some of the qualities from that practice but what you what you just said was the, the spirituality as a, a view of an open book I think that's like such a good metaphor for, for that description. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Well, and uh, and and it's it it has opened it up for me, because my experience of uh, being in religion is one of tight controls and constructs, yeah, uh, and frameworks that have very little flexibility, and so. The, the moment you step out of those constructs, you get bitten, right? There's, there's a reaction to it. There's a consequence there's a to it. There's a penalty to it. And I would wager the majority, and again, this is where now my religious context kind of just falls off the edge. But my suspicion is the majority of religions follow a similar framework. Right, where there is the proverbial slap of the hand. Right. If you even beg to question something, that right there is a is a key distinction, and yeah. it's not just religion. There's a lot of cultures and, and just schools of thinking. That's that, right. Like well, school, for example, and relationships, and oh, what about nationalism? Like, let's be honest, people. Alberta's the best province. Canada's the greatest country. Oh, yeah. Like, look, let's be I honest. I am that so grateful to live here. I'm so happy to be Canadian. I'm categorized as a Canadian. But the only reason I'm a Canadian is because somebody said that I'm a Canadian and because my parents had sex here and this is where I was born. <laughs> like, I got lucky. You yeah. know, I did. Like, yeah. This is a kind of a thing that's been overused, but a citizen of the world. Like, we're all fucking human beings on Earth. Why are you... Israel and you're Russia and this is Canada like and oh and we're the best and yeah it's just it's ridiculous it is really quite ridiculous I think you know well and it uh, prevents us from really allowing connection to be established with people Gross. because right away there is something that's segmenting you and I and there is an unrelatedness that is un unwilling 
there, there, you, you, there's an unwillingness inside of that disconnect. Like it just won't happen. What, what exactly? Like, so put it this way. If this is just, this totally a joke, right? But I was watching one of those ridiculous, uh, I don't even know what they're called, but it's like, have you ever seen that where there's an interview with like two actors that were on a movie together and then they'll like type into Google things. It'd be like, is David Schmeichel? And then the top searched things like, <laughs> is Chris Pratt? And then it's like, is Chris Pratt dead? Is Chris Pratt married? Is Chris Pratt Canadian? Right. And they're going through and they're reading it. And I don't know if it was, I can't remember specifically if it was Chris Pratt, but I've seen this even on like talk shows or whatever. But someone's like, am I Canadian? Like, and then they have like some kind of a reaction and then like some sort of impersonation of like those cliche things that, oh, this is what it means to be Canadian. Right. And, and, and I know that's a joke and it's funny, but there's a barrier there. Mm-hmm. Like we all have some kind of a weird interpretation about because we're Canadian about how Americans might be, I don't know, rude or mean or they don't, they think they're the best or they're arrogant or in the reality of it is that's all bullshit. That's some kind of a, I'm not saying there isn't people that's like that. That's a minority group. Totally. That just happens to be the loudest. In fact, I would, I will go on record to say most, I always hear this, oh, Canadians are so nice. Most people I meet from other countries are like some of the nicest fucking people I've ever met. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, what's all this about Canadians being so nice? Maybe yeah, let's, like let's expand that a little bit. Yeah, maybe we're all just kind of nice and you had a good conversation with somebody who was from India and he was a nice guy. Well, maybe he was a nice guy and he's a human on earth. And maybe it's not that Indians are nice people. Maybe that was a nice person who happens to be from India. Right. Right. And maybe the last Canadian you talked to was a nice person who happens to be from Canada. Like, you know. What's available when, um, when we look at mankind, humankind... From from that uh, lens, it's, it's actually people kind. <laughs> I, 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 I knew that was gonna happen. It was like, oh my god, you said it, man, you said it. <laughs> uh, there's probably just have to create some context. There's probably some people maybe who are listening, hopefully from across the globe, that might not know what we're talking about. But that was just a ridiculous statement that our our prime minister is on record of saying to a, like a high school girl when she said something about mankind, and he was like, oh, actually, yeah. Uh, we refer to it as people kind, and, and, and nobody actually refers to it as that. But anyhow. no, he's trying to trend <laughs> yeah, he's people just, kind. It's ridiculous. I appreciate why he's doing yeah, that. Yeah, I, I totally do. We Absolutely. are in a global society, we are so connected, uh, and, and the opportunity is always how do we continue to break down barriers, but not. But not unintentionally putting in new weird constructs and expectations that now belittle and yeah. and uh, and uh, devalue uh, good intentions. Right. Ex- Do you exactly. know what I mean? Yeah, like totally. when I speak of mankind, yeah, I get that. That's a construct, a, a cultural construct from generations, and I don't. I'm not speaking about just men. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So I get it. Yeah. And people kind is. Maybe it'll catch on. I, yeah. I don't really care. It doesn't either. matter. And that's the other thing too is why put so much weight around mankind or this or that. But um, totally I, I just want to because uh, I think you were going to make a good point there. I want to I want to circle back to I was talking about the idea of of um, meeting it like I used a, an Indian for example or I don't even know if you say Indian if someone's from India like I'm not super. Uh, globe culturally fucking balanced right. I'm Canadian. I have not traveled enough. And that's a goal of mine. But people from India... I'm, I'm not going to re- answer that do question because I don't know. I don't know. It's even with that. with the, the Native Americans. And probably not Indian. Native Canadians. I think it's, Indians it's here. More, I call them Indians. I'm, a, I'm part Indian. Like, whatever. 
not not Hindu Indian, but a native uh, Indian, Métis Indian. I just say Indians, whatever. I don't. You know, it's even, there is a negative connotation to that. Yeah, and and you're fucked if you do. You fucked if you don't. That's right. right? So, so anyway, my point is, I was making a, a reference to a, a meeting a nice person from India, and then assuming that every person from India is a nice person, or meeting a Canadian and, and assuming everybody from Canada is nice. Well, likely they were just two nice people that met, but whatever. So what were we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> oh my. This is so much fun. We're talking about connection. We're talking about connection. And speaking of connection, I just want to acknowledge the fact that last week we were all excited about our um, mics. Yes. And, and and we're not audio people. Speaking of connection. Speaking of connection, right? So I just wanted to point out the fact I'm so fucking thrilled with the next level of equipment that we have here this is so exciting it's happening you're seeing it manifest before your very eyes we are this is what upgrade looks like that's right slowly you know and it's happening but what i think is really great about this and maybe someone who's been listening to the podcast from the beginning might even be able to see it or hear it for themselves that there are things shifting and moving in our lives and we are totally falling in line with the just life we're taking this thing on and and there's things happening in our life and Outside of the podcast, obviously, the podcast is our is our passion project. We have, yep. we have lives. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Right as much as I would love to to be able to double down on this and 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 just really dig in and and create what I know, what we know, would really make a difference for more than just ourselves. Mm-hmm. And then there's the reality of life that that shows up, and and the the necessity to manage powerfully all these things that we are committed to and want to achieve and at the same time it is a journey right and and it is your intention to create more time to focus on more of the things that you want to focus your time and energy on and consider that that is happening right now for both of us before our very eyes absolutely uh so yeah i'm i'm super mindful of that that I, there's some intentions I put out in the world that there is these things that I want to create and that I want to get better at and mm-hmm. that I want to spend more time on. And, uh, and I see that happening. Right. <laughs> right. Right. I'm just, I'm, I'm really aware of it versus running through the motions and, uh, and go, go, go and having no introspection or reflection on, on progress and uh, and and breakdown and and milestone and momentum or any of those things, and wondering why I'm not feeling fulfilled in any way, right? And the, the beauty of it is, with through the podcast, through the video that you and I both make on a regular basis, I would say that you're a bit more diligent about it than I am. But also uh, journaling in our own just journals, but our, our self journal that we use as our sort of business and life management tool, we're actually continuously documenting the journey. So you can flip, literally flip back and, and listen to or, or watch or read who you were and what you were up to and how far you've come. Mm. And so I would encourage anybody who's listening, if you're not, you don't have to share it with the world like we are right now or whatever, but if you're not doing some type of documentation about what your life looks like, what you're trying to create and what you're actually up to, I would consider, I would, excuse me, I would, I would recommend or challenge you to take that on because it, 
it makes a huge difference to be able to flip back and be like, yeah, just like what you were up to or are, am I on track even? Yeah. And getting out of the way this idea, this brutal, mm. as Vishen <laughs> would call them, bullshit rules that, that we actually have to share it all over social yeah. and that it's got to be glamorized and spectacular and polished and well composed and <laughs> a void of mistakes. Well, that comes from the should world. Yes. Like, this is how it should be. And you should be doing this. So you to, should do that. To, to bring this back around to this, this theme that I just I keep seeing mm -hmm. uh, anchoring this whole conversation, we don't get connected to the perfect and polished. We are connected to those that we relate to oh. and that we see ourselves inside of and that they're real and imperfect and oh man i deal with that have dealt with am dealing with you know Dude. what i mean wow you just nailed something there in other words we connect with authenticity totally not editing yeah do you remember oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> I, as soon as I said editing, I was like, oh, oh shit. I'm either going to say it or he's going to. Our, our edits at the very beginning came from... Well, like our first probably 10 first or better. Yeah. Like at least 10 episodes probably. From the, it, came, it stemmed from the need of being perfect. Oh my God. Of showing up perfect without the ums and the uhs and the huts. How critical were we on ourselves? Oh, it was brutal. I mean, we still are a bit. But it's like a, we're, not, we're not, a not, bit they, more gracious. We're like, get it out, David. <laughs> <laughs> well, and oh. to that point, there is a balancing act between um, the the criticism that is mm -hmm. not beneficial, yeah. and then the evaluation of like, okay, this is this is something that I'm noticing that I'm doing in in my podcast, and am I okay with it, or would like would I do I feel like it could be improved? Absolutely. For myself, like that, I would actually be more effective in communicating my ideas and my thinking and, you know what I mean? Not like, oh my gosh, I sound like an idiot. People aren't going to relate to this. No one's going to like my podcast. Like right. that's all out there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you nailed it, man. Yeah. Totally. Well, and, uh, and it, our, our last one, uh, not this last one, but 31, I, when I had to listen to it, I enjoy to swear. I enjoy swearing. I swear a lot. And and I've been told by many people that um, that I swear a lot. Okay. Like, so what I get to be responsible for is how I show up in certain environments. Yeah. And am I okay with that? This is a simple inquiry for me. And the... And I'm in the business of building first impressions for my clients. And we only have one first mm -hmm. impression. Getting related and getting connected and, and having more space to, to really be yourself is one thing. But to come, uh, come down like, a, like Thor's hammer on someone that you've never met before uh, can occur as a bit uh, intimidating and overwhelming. So oh, sorry. Okay. How, how do you, how do you mean? I'm just missing the, you're talking about first impressions and then I'm just, missing I'm talking the... about me consistently dropping F bombs oh. <laughs> around people 
who who still have an old view right. yeah. of what that means. Like, for example, the word fuck shouldn't be in a professional environment. Yeah, unless there is <laughs> well, a measure... Oh, by the way, air quote, professional environment. Yeah, because there 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 is a time and place for it as well. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So when I listen to episode 31, I'm like, wow, I used it a lot. And probably in areas where it really wasn't necessary to make my point. Mm-hmm. And I could have made my point just as effectively without it. Oh. And so for yeah. me, it's like, what would it look like if those were used less and I was still able to make my point with the same amount of effectiveness and e- emotional expression? What does that look like? Not saying I'm not going to use it. I'm just saying that in, in looking and evaluating and removing judgment and criticism from my uh, assessment is like, here's a, here's an opportunity for improvement. You know what, man, you're dropping some truth bombs, some gold today. (laughs) Cause what I'm hearing is there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with the way that you speak. There's nothing wrong with using that expression, but what's available for you to actually question it is an opportunity for you to expand your expression. Totally. Right? You can use this word, and it's also um, a default mechanism, too. Right? Because that's the word you go to to use to to describe or to express in that way. And there are other ways for you to do it and other words you could use. That are actually more impactful for myself, like that I I resonate with, with whatever realization I've got for myself. And with whomever else is, is around, like that they get it at such a profound level and they're not, uh, they're not derailed by, distracted by this word that has uh, cultural whatever's right. associated to it. And now all they're doing is obsessing about this bloody F-bomb that I dropped right, and missed the point. Absolutely. Because sometimes we forget that... How do I... How do I um... Well, we're dealing with people from all walks of life all the time, right? Totally. And, and Generational, um, just so many contexts for, for yeah, who all, we are dealing All with. of our interpretations and our experiences and, you know, you don't know that um, the person you're now connecting with, their abusive father used to use that word all the time right before they hauled off and smacked that person. Right. It's a really sad thing to think about, but the reality and of it that is, is a reality. It is a reality, and all of a sudden, boom! When you say that, it triggers something. They're no longer listening to you. They, there's no longer a connection, and 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 unfortunately for both of you, they may have now placed a judgment on you that's not accurate, and then that opportunity to connect is gone. Right, right, and and so one of the things that I do a lot is I acknowledge some of my own bullshit quite a bit, so that it hopefully gives context or perspective to the person that I'm talking to that, you know, um, like, don't take it too seriously. Don't, do you know what I mean? Don't put too much weight around. Uh, I always, I say to people, look, I don't know if I'm saying this exactly, uh, the way that it needs to be said, but you know, or, or something to that, like not always, but I might preface, preface something that I say that might occur as a bit, straight or uh, edgy edgy right <laughs> it's sort of like with vision like when he gets you set up for that first chapter in the book where he goes look 
I need to give you a word of caution here. Yeah, totally. You, you know, you may relate with you this. You can't go and, back from this. That's right. You may relate with this and go, holy shit, this makes total sense to me. Or you might be like, you know what, this guy's a fucking asshole and I'm out because mm-hmm. he just said some things that don't work for me. And what he's trying to say is, I'm not right, people. I'm not right. But maybe you're not either. Maybe maybe there is no right. Maybe bam. Maybe take a look. I'm not at, right, and maybe you're not either. Right. What would the world look like? What would the world look if like if everyone actually showed up with that mindset? He talks about old, old, old rules, which are now rules. They're bullshit rules because we're operating in modern society from from rules and ideas and constructs that were created thousands a thousand five hundred and hundreds of years ago even something as simple as uh politics like the political landscape it's it's absolutely ridiculously outdated it's the same thing on it's repeat. so yeah oh my god and you darkness. wonder why the younger generations uh, can't resonate they, with it they don't want to vote and everyone's like oh you gotta get out there and vote for explain to me pray tell for fucking what yeah, numbers. Like, I get, look, I'm not saying, oh, abolish um, politics, okay? Abolish social um, structures. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that we're doing it a certain way. What would politics and, look like if it, if we actually turned it on its head and completely reevaluated the structure and, and the process in which um, all of that works and not... Uh, and being open to brand new ideas coming from un, unexpected places from all areas of the world. Because there are some countries out there that uh, the way they operate, uh, it, it, it is utopian in a lot of ways. Not to, uh, not to say that they don't have their things that they're dealing with, but uh, overall, there, is a, uh, there are high-functioning societies where people are... Uh, fulfilled and and healthy and and living lives that, that they are really excited about and, 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 and what's a, possible. There's an opportunity for like at least a, a, a vast uh, majority, if not all of the people. There's a a better opportunity for everyone to at least um, cre- create a, a good life you know like and have an impact and have the tools in, in the in the exposure to the things that that they need to create that life and have an impact on people right mm-hmm. whereas in a place like that has the the type of political landscape that we have for example first of all how many more uh scandals and fraudulent behaviors and this and that have to go on at a high level with really powerful people keep in mind too the ones that come to light do you think those are the only ones that are going on? Yeah, right. Like, come They're on. They're just the ones that got caught. It's, it's really tough. And here's the, here's the reality of why things keep going the way that they go. It's because at the you and me level, we're afraid. Right? This is okay. This is comfortable. We're alive. Don't ruffle the feathers. And it's, it's time, man. And it is coming. I think it's coming. People are waking up. The younger people, all that. And even older people who are just now frustrated with... Like, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of this game, mm-hmm. right? Quit And quit telling me I'm free, okay? I'm super grateful for the fact that we don't have tanks rolling down the street, but we are not free. 
<laughs> we are we have opportunity. We have way more opportunity with so many than so many a lot of different countries and all that kind of stuff. So people, this is what I'm talking about with sometimes what I say might not land with you. You might be going, what the fuck's this guy talking about, man? We're free and we're lucky and we're this and that. What I'm saying is take a look at what's going on around you and rethink your thinking. You think you're free? Stop paying your fucking property taxes. You think you're free? Next time somebody gets sick, hurt, or injured in your life, guess what? Bills are still going to keep fucking showing up in that person's name. And uh, Sorry, I'm getting a little bit emotional right now yeah, because yeah. I have experience with this and I just opened up some mail yesterday uh, for my friend who's been in long-term care for three years, right? Three and a half years. And it's like, look, we need to start taking responsibility for our lives because I mean this in, a, in like, the, quote unquote, the they, they don't care. They don't actually care. And they're not, and that's not their job either. No, that's not what they're right. That these big organizations and the government, and everything, that's not their job to care about you and to take care of you. People think that for some reason, because they've convinced you to think that because that's how they get elected. And then they proceed with their agenda and so it works out good for some people and it doesn't work out very good for other people. And that creates segregation and separation and it's got to end. You pointed to something really, uh, really cool because we have a tendency to let go of control, right? We, we release our, uh, our, our ability to decide uh, and to take an action that if we were to give it the required thinking would be the best decision for us because we know what's good for us really deep down. Mm -hmm. um, but what has a tendency to happen is we succeed control uh, and, and we give it over because of how these institutions are showing up. But the reality of it is, to your point, they do not have our best intentions in mind and, and shouldn't. So what, what do we do about having our best intentions in mind and having them be fulfilled? The reality is they are all in our control. They That's actually right. are in our control. Right. And, and, and the important thing here that I'm thinking about is for yourself, whoever, you know, whatever, however this lands or resonates with you, examine the payoff. Because there's a reason why people will give away the, the power. There's a reason why people put the responsibility on others. There's a payoff, right? Because if I have to take control of, of money, for example, I talk to so many people and I say, oh, how's that going for you? What's your plan? You know, you, oh, you have an advisor? Great. How's that going for you? I don't know. I, let, let's, and I quote, <laughs> I don't know. I just give the guy my money every week or every month, and I hope he does a good job. Oh, man. Ugh, there is no control it there. It literally makes me fucking ill. Mm. So you're telling me you're willing, at, at 35 or 40 years old or whatever age you are, you're willing to risk your legacy, your well-being, the, the, the stability of future generations, your retirement, all those things, you're willing to risk that by saying, I hope he does a good job. Look, you don't have to be an expert on financial management or planning or whatever, but you should probably have a, a finger on the pulse and know what's going on. So, yeah, man, it's your money. Totally. And, and, and that's why, uh, you know, being inspired by what I'm up to these days to actually coach people teach them hands-on 
show them what's actually going on behind the scenes and under the hood of all these different uh, uh, schools of thought in the traditional financial planning models, they are fucking way outdated. And they, they, they literally take the power, the control, and the access away from the people and, uh, and set them up with a whole crap load of unknowns, which is a rabbit hole I don't want to go down. But the point is, is we're actually empowering people to have an active view on what's going on inside their, their plan and actively, ongoingly educating themselves and helping to provide education for them. And we're not holding your hand. Or sorry, we are holding your hand, but we're not going to do everything for you. We're empowering you and getting underneath you so that you can you can be aware of what's going on. And that's how it, sh- it could be. I was about to use that word, should. That's how it could be in, in, in politics. That's how it could be all over. Like, to actually take responsibility, get empowered. Have it, It's not always going to go perfect, but have an active role in what's going on. So Vision talks about... Uh, and we talk lots about uh, Vishen Lakani. He is the founder of Mind Valley. Um, a uh, Mind Valley itself is a disruptor to the uh, the status quo of educational institutions, and uh, and is constantly has been He's been constantly experiencing momentum in that space. Uh, in challenging an old antiquated way of, of teaching and and, uh, and having people learn new things, it's quite fascinating. And he has the the most brilliant minds there, uh, educating and, and teaching people. Like uh, we're talking about uh, holistic mindfulness, uh, mm. all areas of uh, of of your life, uh, from from mental to physical to emotional. Like all of those elements are being taught. It's not just the practical theories of science and social studies and mathematics where our, our old antiquated systems are currently anchored inside of. One of the things that he talks about is the, uh, the levels of consciousness that we have available and where we're at. And the level one stage is, is very much an area of survival and, uh, and that, that pack mentality. And it's almost to the, the same level as just a level above uh, animals, you know, mm. just the need to survive. Absolutely, yeah. And and he sees us emerging into a, a, a second level of so the second level is the level of questioning, mm. and and you'll see it everywhere. Our new generations are uh, are questioning everything, and, and and questioning everything. Okay, so here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna hold the space for you to finish your thought because I have to share it right. Questioning everything. Got it. That right there, I would say, is a great way to um, describe the disconnect between, let's say, the baby boomers or or the generation right after. I don't know exactly how it is. But everyone's coming down on quote-unquote millennials for questioning things. That's really what's going on. People are like, oh, they're fucking lazy and they want to get 60 grand out of the... out of school or whatever, but, and, and maybe some kids are like that. Maybe some kids feel, and I mean, younger people, technically I'm a millennial, if you want to put a label on me, which I can't stand. But um, millennials, my generation, um, maybe they're just, like, there's a bit of confusion when you start to question things. You look and go like, you know, maybe they're looking at their parents and grandparents and going, they don't really seem all that fulfilled to me. 
Right. It, is it possible that there's a different way to do it? Right. Is it possible that there's a way to, for me to accelerate my my financial freedom and my happiness so that I can do more things that I want to do and have an impact on the world? Right. But that's totally misunderstood. And oh, those kids are bad and wrong. And they don't fucking know how to work hard and yada yada yada. It's all bullshit. Anyways, back to your the, uh, the other question. really interesting that he brought up is the tendency for us to kill questioning at a young age. I, okay, I was just listening to this too, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. it's it's yeah. really really interesting, mm-hmm. and because I notice it, man, when when Diego or Isabella they get on this questioning rampage. And, and I, I have a visceral reaction to it because, one, I don't have the answers. And, and two, maybe it's not the best time to be able to answer that question either. So right. I get triggered by it and I, I, I cut it down. Right? Right. Like I just stop it in its tracks. Mm-hmm. I'm more mindful of it and it still shows up as a thing that, that kind of takes over. But I actually want them to question things. Absolutely. I, I constantly tell them, listen ask questions I tell my kids look even if I tell you something don't accept it as truth I want you to question it and I'm, I'm a human being guys I'm going to contradict myself absolutely <laughs> it's going to right because I might say to them something like exactly what he said in the book because I said so that's really uh, not I really I, try not to use that right or he also mentioned because he was talking about religion, because God wants it that way. I mean, of course, I, I would I would never say something like that to my kids, for example, but I may have said to them in the past, because I said so, just fucking do it. <laughs> just do it when they're questioning. And then I'll, I'll come back at a different time. And I actually acknowledge the conversation that we had earlier. And I say, hey, you guys remember when, I, when we talked about this? Look, I, first of all, I want to apologize. I, Dad, I got a little triggered. And you guys know I'm a human being and I'm not perfect. So I said that thing and I want you to know that it's totally okay for you to question things. And I want you to question literally everything. I'm doing the best job that I can to give you the knowledge and resources that you need to be successful in life. And I'm not perfect. I don't know everything. So you need to question even what I tell you. Because I'm only telling you what I think is true and real and right right now at the current stage that I'm at, right? That's a thing that, uh, that I have not been doing. And, uh, and I really thank you for putting that into my space because um, I have a tendency to, to want to have the right answer. You know, they, they mm-hmm. come to me with, with a question and I'll give them an answer. And, and in the, the, the covert passion, the, the thing underlying, underpinning it in, in behind is that I'm right. And they know that they can count on me for the right answers. Mm-hmm. What I, the caveat is I'm, I'm not. Right. I'm not always right. In fact, most of the times I'm not right. And it is just my, my opinion exactly. because I said so. And where does that come from? Right. I wonder. Right. Uh, and to, to create with them the opportunity to challenge that was right. not available. But like I just didn't, didn't, didn't even think about it yeah. up until now. Yeah, start looking at it as, well, thank you for the acknowledgement. Yeah, start looking at it as like an opportunity to discover. Well, even if you did have the right answer. Wow, Diego, that's an interesting question. Why don't we take a look at that? Let's go see what we can find. And then we're actually handing the keys over a little bit, empowering them. Because they're totally capable. And if not, whatever. If it's, It's still a learning opportunity. It's an opportunity for them to start to grow and discover. Because what's really great about this man is like, I don't think there's any way to measure 
the difference, but look at the impact that we're going to have on our kids. Totally. Because there are constructs in our minds that we're reprogramming right now that were firmly implanted in our minds early in life that limit our view. Yeah. Fucking flat out, right? Yeah. So uh, our kids are going to gonna have a, a different opportunity and they're going to grow to appreciate that relationship that they had with their dad being like, wow, man, my dad was like the shit, you know, because <laughs> he empowered me to, to, to discover for myself. So in wrapping this up, I want to, I have a question that I, that I want to ask everybody. And that is because everybody's got a very, very unique take on, uh, on training and, uh, and our, our next generation. What do you who are out there who are influencing our next generation, you don't have to be parents necessarily, but there is something that you're doing that is contributing to an empowered generation of questioners and culture hackers, as, as Vishen calls them. What are some of those things? What do you do to entice and encourage the act of questioning and exploring and not being satisfied with just the answer that's provided? Just, just accepting it, absolutely. Yeah. Let's hear from you. Say hi at the Just Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to episode 33. We will tag... Uh, is there a way for us to even just note the name of the code of the extraordinary mind. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely link uh, it. Uh, Vision's book. That's the book. Highly that, recommended. Yeah, it's so good. David and I are kind of using that as a bit of a... We're, we're absorbed by we're, it right we're now. We're absorbed by it for sure. So, yeah. yes, thank you for listening to episode uh, 33. Say hi at thegistpodcast.com. Have a great weekend.